to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, March the 18th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's goodness. I wish you God's life today, my friends. My friends, we have made it to Friday. I hope you had a wonderful week. And today we get to uh, finish off our week with another parable of uh, Jesus's. We're going to stick in Matthew's gospel today. So uh, Matthew chapter 21, a little bit longer, verses 33 to 43. We'll skip a verse and then go 45 to 46. So essentially, if you're following along, Matthew 21, 33 through 46, accepting verses 40, verse 44. So uh, let's break open God's word, shall we? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, He sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, The kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they knew that he was speaking about them. And although they were attempting to arrest him, they feared the crowds, for they regarded him as a prophet. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So as far as parables go, I think this one is fairly thinly veiled, right? Um, I think it's fair to say that the vineyard owner, the landowner, is God. That he leases it to tenants, the Jewish people. And, and effectively, not just the Jewish people, but the leaders of the Jewish people, right? Remember, he's speaking to the chief priests and the elders. So this is a thinly veiled uh, parable holding up a mirror, helping them see themselves in the story about what they think is another. 
So he leases it to uh, tenants uh, who are, are effectively the leaders of the Hebrew people at the time. Um, and then he goes on a journey. And when it's time to reap the produce, he sends different prophets, right? Um, Elijah, Elisha, um, Moses, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Micah, Zechariah, you know, keep going. We know them all, right? And he sends them and, uh, and they get thrown in cisterns, right? They get, they get stoned to death. They get beaten. They get, they get killed. Uh, and so ultimately then he says, hey, I'm going to send my son because they'll respect my son. Now, Jesus is speaking of himself there at this point. And I don't know if they get that part or not. But ultimately, he talks about his own death. Now, remember, just was it yesterday, two days ago, we read Matthew 20, the third time that Jesus said, hey, uh, this is, this is going to be coming. I think that was two times, uh, two days ago, right? Uh, where Jesus said the third time to his disciples, we're, the passion is coming, that, that it's not glory that awaits us in Jerusalem. It's passion, it's death. But don't worry, that's not the end. It's, it's going to end in new life. And, and even here, he says, listen, the Son of Man, is, the, the, the vineyard son is going to get uh, killed, the vineyard owner's son. And, uh, and that's what happens. And then he asks uh, the, uh, what's going to happen. Well, and so he's asking the very people who he's telling the, the story to. They will put those men to a wretched death. So they, they see what's happening and they name their own, um, can I say punishment? They name their own offense, crime, and what needs to happen, the expiation. Uh, and then he goes into, you know, the stone that the builders rejected. So what can we learn from this thinly veiled parable? Because he's speaking to different people, but yet it, it rains. Well, I think it, it, there are things for us to glean out of this. So here's what I'd say. Just a few nuggets here. And the first is this same idea. What came to my mind is the whole idea of the ascension. When Jesus, you know, calls the disciples up to the top of the hill uh, gives them some final instructions. If you're listening to Matthew, you know, in Luke or in Acts, you know, he's, uh, he's there and just kind of uh, wishes them well. Clouds come over, boom, he's gone, he's raised up, and they just are looking in the heavens, right? And they're like, what do we do? What do we do now? He's no longer with us. And a couple angels come by in Acts and say, hey, you know, men of Galilee, why are you looking at the sky? This person who's been taken away from you is going to come back in the same way. Go, move, move, get out of here. Go, you got the keys now. God gave you the keys. Go do it. And in a sense, I see that same thread here. And now the analogy falls flat because God is not distant. God is not, did not set creation in motion, you know, the, uh, the prime mover, as it were, and then, and then goes off and from a distance watches us. That's, that's not the, the case here. God is, is present with us, uh, not only in the Spirit's movement in creation, but the Spirit's spark, the spark of life, the, the breath of God that each one of us carry with us, that, that God is as close as our very hearts, our very inmost being. So the analogy falls flat in that sense. But in, in the other sense, I mean, really, he created us and, and 
he has put us in the vineyard and said, what are you going to do with it now? And he says that to you and I and says, are you going to produce fruit or not? Completely up to you. Um, I've given you everything that you need in order to do it. And, and most of I've given you gifts and I've given you free will. How are you going to respond? And, uh, and so we, in a sense, are in this parable too, my friends. Now, here's the other thing that, uh, that I think, one, I think that's good news because it shows God's incredible trust in us. That he says, I trust you. I created you. I know, I know what you're about. I know who you are at your essence. You may doubt yourself. You may have second guesses. You may not think you're gifted, but I know you are, and I know what you can do as long as you trust me and listen to me, and, and you know, you can do all this, and you're going to produce fruit if you do all this. The trust God has in us, my friends, should honor and frighten us at the same time. Um, but also the patience of God, right? That God doesn't come just once and send one servant, and they, they beat him, and so he comes then, you know, in his force. No, then he sends another that's murdered, then another that's stoned, then more that are treated in the same way. I mean, God's patience, brothers and sisters with us, and you know this, this is nothing new. I'm grateful each day God gives us another opportunity to get it right, to, to welcome God's Spirit, to, to produce the fruit. But that's, that's the, the third image, the point that I'll make. The first is um, God trusts us. The second is God has patience for us. But the third is, brothers and sisters, we got to produce. we got to produce. Otherwise, we're taking up soil, right? Because there's that other, uh, in fact, in that same chapter, if we read chapter 21, parable of the, or the, the lesson of the fig tree, where Jesus goes to the fig tree, he doesn't have any fruit, right? He's like, what's it doing? It's taking up soil. You know, if it's not going to produce fruit, get rid of this darn thing. And, and it's that same idea, brothers and sisters. You and I are invited. We are called, we are commanded to produce fruit. Now, that fruit, 100-fold, 60-fold, 30-fold, it does not have to be the same. You don't have to produce the same fruit as that person that lives down the block. Or, or, or your spouse, or your children, or your, your best friend, whatever. It doesn't matter. you got to produce fruit. And you do your best. Don't worry about what the fruit is. God will take it. And don't worry about what the, the yield is. Don't worry. God will take it. That's all God's issue. All we got to do is say yes. But we got to say yes. we got to work with what we're given. God trusts us. God... He has patience with us. He gave us the gifts. He gave us the decision to, to, to live it and to produce. But we got to be in the flow or uh, we're taking up soil. We're taking up space. Last thing I'm going to say here is that wonderful um, uh, verse in Scripture where Jesus says, listen, did you never read in the Scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done. And it is wonderful in our eyes. And of course, it's, it's speaking to him, right? The stone which is the builders rejected, Christ, the one who's crucified, you know, 
we will look on, on the one who is slain, the, the lamb who is slain, the one who is crucified. That becomes the very cornerstone, not only of the church, although it is, becomes the cornerstone of all creation. Um, that, that what Christ does, not only the sacrifice of what love looks like, is, is for all of creation, but resurrection is for all of creation. Um, and, and Christ's action is, uh, is the very center of time, the very center of space. It is the center of the universe. Um, but, but here's the deal. If it is true for Christ, it is true for us. And the very thing, brothers and sisters, that we may run from about our personalities, the very thing that we deny about ourselves, the very thing, the, 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 the failings, that, that part of our personality that we push down and we don't acknowledge, those parts of our past where we have failed miserably that, that we ignore, or whatever it is, Brothers and sisters, it is there that we find, we find grace. It is there. Because otherwise, we're relying on our own strengths. We're relying on our own gifts. We're relying on our own, um, uh, you know, I don't know, essence. Our own good, good deeds or whatever it is. Our actions. And when, brothers and sisters, God can make good come of even those failings that we have. And when we see it, I mean, what does God say? I, I use, you know, the, the weak in the world to show I am strong. That's what Paul said. In my weakness, and God is strong. But we've got to trust that vulnerability. We've got to, we've got to give all that stuff to him and allow him to use it. What was it Julian of Norwich said? First the fall. Now these are her words, not mine. Don't get mad at me. First the fall. And then the recovery from the fall. And both are the mercy of God. Brothers and sisters, I think if you were talking to a recovering addict, whatever the addiction, if you were talking to a recovering addict, they would say, and you would say to them, how on earth could that be mercy? They would say, maybe not in the words of Julian of Norwich, but they would say essentially, I had to get to that space before I no longer trusted in myself and I reached out for something beyond me. And that's when I found my life. That's what we're talking about. The stone in you, that stone that, that we do not acknowledge that stone that we deny, that's the very cornerstone. Because that's the part where, that's the part where the grace comes in. That's the part where we need. And that's the part where we got to rely on. Because it's not about us anymore. First the fall, then the recovery from the fall. And both, brothers and sisters, both are the mercy of God. And that too amazingly enough, paradoxically, can become the cornerstone of our lives. Let's pray. So we begin, my friends, uh, as we begin all things, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fifth joyful mystery, 
the finding of Jesus in the temple. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thanks for being with me this week. Hey, next week, Renee and I and the family, we are on vacation. We're taking it easy, but I have pre-recorded pods that are going to lay down uh, next week. I'll be putting one down every day, so it shouldn't skip a beat. But however, if something major were to happen in the world, and I do not reference it in my podcast now, you know why. My friends, have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful week ahead. And may you be 